I'm back from Las Vegas, but let's talk a little more Summer League on this episode of Locked On Pelicans. I'm Brett Dawson. I'm used to Oklahoma where I used to go get the ball, but now the NBA is all about space and you can't just go in there and try to break down somebody. So uh, I'm going to make more smarter plays and uh, miss on the ball a few times, but uh, I'll get better doing that though. That voice you know by now is Buddy Heald talking a little bit about his adjustment to the NBA. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm Brett Dawson. I cover the Pelicans for the New Orleans Advocate, and this is Locked On Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am back in New Orleans. I apologize for the lack of a podcast on Tuesday. I'll get into that in just a second, but uh, we're back at it today. And while I don't want to dwell too much on Summer League, I do want to at least get two days of podcasts out of Summer League discussion because I was out there for five days. Uh, A lot of stuff happened. Uh, Talked to the players a lot. And I think what I want to get into on this episode is a little bit about what I wrote about in The Advocate this week, looking at what Buddy Heald and Sheck Diallo did in Summer League through kind of the filter of what it means for the regular season, how different their roles are going to be, how what they learned in Las Vegas might help them, uh, and, and just what the process will be from now until camp opens for those guys and what they need to get better at. Summer League continues, obviously. It's not over with. The Pelicans are going into tournament play, uh, but I am back. Uh, I was only out there for the pool play portion, so the first three games. Um, and so we're going to talk about those three games uh, and, and, like I said, just kind of break down a little bit about what those guys did and, and what it might mean going forward. Before that, though, there is a little bit of news to get into, so let's, let's get into the news of the day. I mentioned that uh, I didn't have a podcast on Tuesday, and I do apologize for that. Uh, Travel just kind of dictated that I not do it. Um, By the time I got finished with my work on Monday night after the game, uh, it was well after midnight, and I had to get up at 5 a.m. for a flight. And so sometimes that's going to happen. That's life in the NBA. But while I was traveling, you know, the world doesn't stop. So basically, as soon as I landed in New Orleans, I got word that Tony Douglas had been waived uh, or was about to be waived. And um, that was... Not surprising news. Certainly, I think we expected that to happen, um, especially after the Tim Frazier signing. You combine that with Langston Galloway and Etwan Moore coming on board. Uh, looked like a real long shot for Tony Douglas to be back. That basically saves the Pelicans about $1.3 million. Uh, it alleviates a little bit of a crowded backcourt. Uh, it's not super crowded, but uh, I think with Tony Douglas, certainly, you would have had a little bit of an imbalance there, and I think it was um, definitely something that you could kind of see the writing on the wall given the the moves that the Pelicans had made, and I think in particular that Frazier move on top of the free agent signings. There was just very little chance that Tim Frazier and Tony Douglas would both be back. That's a good price on Tony Douglas. Uh, he had a really good uh, last part of the year, especially the last 19 or 20 games, he was a starter for most of that time. He put up really good numbers. A lot of guys played really well on the Pelicans when there were a lot of injuries, and, and some guys had to step up and, and play bigger roles, and he was one of those guys. Um, that doesn't make a huge difference for the Pelicans in terms of cap space. It doesn't create anything um, for them to go out and do. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm not a capologist, but if I'm looking at my numbers correctly, it won't uh, waving Tony Douglas won't give them the ability to sign Tim Frazier into cap space. Uh, and so since you can't sign him into that cap, he's still going to be the room exception, I believe. I believe that's going to happen. Uh, and the Pelicans are pretty much strapped now, um, given the fact that they've still, they have a little bit of money left, but they still have to pay Shaq Diallo. And that's that's an important piece of this still. So, um, you know, I would expect him to get somewhere between 900000 and a million dollars give or take. Uh, and so that still has to happen. That's basically the news of the day. Um, and that 
essentially sets the roster, I think, for right now. The Pelicans are still exploring some things. They're definitely still exploring some trades. I know I keep putting off talking about Tyreek Evans. We are going to do that this week, I promise you. Before the weekend, we will have a podcast where the main focus is on Tyreek Evans, and I'd like to talk a lot about sort of the roster for next year. Um, and we are going to get into that as we go forward, but I'm going to uh, devote a little bit more time to Tyreek Evans. But what I can tell you now is that they will continue to explore trades there. As I said on Twitter, I don't think anything is in the offing anytime soon. I don't think you're going to see Tyreek Evans moved in the short term. Uh, I just don't think there are a lot of takers right now, but they will continue to explore those things, as we've talked about. I mean, I think uh, I think they're going to explore Greg Monroe trades. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen uh, because the salaries don't work out there for a straight-up trade. I don't know that Milwaukee is particularly interested in Tyreek Evans at this point. You know, at some point, do they get to the point where they don't care what they get? They just want to unload a contract? Maybe, but I think the, the health thing is still a concern. It's a concern for a lot of teams. Again, we'll deal with that. And just sort of where all this, how all this fits together, how this roster fits together, and how Tyreek Evans fits into it, um, and sort of the mystery surrounding his health and all that stuff a little bit later in the week. But the roster for now is essentially set with the Tony Douglas move. And again, I, I do think there will be some exploration of, of adding something to the front court there, uh, but there's not a lot of cap space to do a lot with. Um, still a lot of, of, of finalization to do on contracts. Uh, as we talked about, the Pelicans had a press conference scheduled. They didn't get that press conference done um, because the Luke Babbitt physical was kind of delaying the, the official signings of contracts. I don't know if that press conference is going to be totally rescheduled, if we're going to get separate, smaller press conferences, like one player at a time, whether they might do conference calls with those guys. I'm not exactly sure how that's going to fall out, but effectively – uh, they're done, and I think the fact that they were ready to announce indicates that. Um, but you're never really done in the NBA. You're always kind of exploring ways to make your team better, and I think they'll continue to do that, particularly with an eye on the front court. One of the things we know they still have to do, they got to sign two rookies. Um, neither of those guys had signed their contracts as of the start of Summer League. Um, they're going to get that done at some point. Um, Check Yellow does not have a slotted pay, unlike – um, Buddy Heald, who is in a position where he gets a certain amount. It can go a little over that. There's a little bit of wiggle room for his agent there. Uh, but he's essentially slotted into a salary slot. Uh, Sheck Diallo is not, and there will be some comparison to past 33rd picks and things of that nature to get his figured out. But we're not really here to talk about those guys' contracts. We're really here to talk about the way they played in the first three games of Summer League, the the pool play of Summer League. Um, you know, I won't be out there for the tournament portion, so we're going to focus on these three games and talk about – not only what those guys did and some reaction to that, we did that on the last podcast, so we're not going to dwell on that a whole lot, but I do want to kind of spin it forward and talk about what these guys are going to be doing for this team next season, um, what glimpses we saw of those things in Summer League and, and how those things will change, how those roles will change going forward. And to me, we're, I think we start this conversation with Sheck Diallo because that one's a little simpler and uh, it, it takes a little more time to discuss Buddy Heald. So we'll talk about Sheck first and then kind of transition into uh, what I think is a, is a little bit more interesting discussion about Buddy Heald and his role. But let's start with Sheck Diallo. Um, he had a really good summer league through the first three games. He particularly had a really good summer league through the first two games. Um, he was much better, I think, than expected. I actually asked him... Uh, the other day, if he had surprised himself at all. And he kind of shook off that question. He said, no, I, I know how to play. I know what kind of player I am. So how could I be surprised by what I'm doing? He, he is really confident. And I think his confidence showed over the course of the first three games. 
And it got away from him a little bit, I think, in that third game in particular, where he was really trying to do some things he hadn't shown in those first two games. If you look at the the first game, 5 of 10 from the floor. The second game, he was 5 of 7. He showed you some touch uh, with his jump shot. Uh, He showed you an ability to put the ball on the floor just a little bit. And then I think in the third game, he got a little excited offensively. I think he got a little fired up about what he had done. And he was trying to do some things that ultimately he may do. He may do for the Pelicans. He might do it this season if he's a little ahead of schedule. Um, He shot a three that was kind of a – that was up against the shot clock. The the official stats have him making one. He did not. That was a a shot that should have gone to somebody else. I believe it should have gone to David Lighty. But – He was definitely trying to put the ball on the floor a little bit more. He shot a fadeaway jumper. He was doing some things that really he hadn't shown before. And part of Summer League is to work on those things. But uh, Robert Pack, the Pelicans assistant who is serving as the Summer League head coach, said he didn't exactly do uh, the experimenting the way the Pelicans would have liked him to in that third game uh, from Las Vegas. Like, wanted him to be able to show that he can do some of the things, but in the flow of the offense, I thought he tried to go against the green a little bit, and every player does it, so it's, it's, it's not, um, it's nothing, nothing new, but he, he got away from it a little bit. Other times, he had been patient, and things were just coming to him. I thought he tried to go get it tonight, and, and he wasn't that successful. And I think that's a thing that applies to Shaq Diallo moving forward, is that he is going to have to let offense come to him Uh, particularly in his first year. I don't know exactly how much he's going to play. I think that's very much up in the air. There's still a training camp to go. There's still preseason to go. There's an overseas trip. There's going to be a lot of stuff between now and the time the Pelicans start playing that dictate how many minutes he gets and what exactly his role is going to be. And I would expect it to be fairly limited. But when he's in the game, look, he can make a 15 to 18 foot jump shot. But I don't know how often they're going to ask him to do that. If he's wide open, he's going to have some opportunities. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit and do some things going to the basket. Uh, rip and go is kind of the, the the mantra he repeats. It's one of his favorite things to do, just catch the ball, rip it, and go. Um, he, he's capable of doing some of those things offensively. But I think what he's going to have to learn is that for him, he needs to play the way he played in those first two games, which is play with a lot of energy. Run the floor. If an opportunity comes because you sprint down the floor, that's great. Uh, If an opportunity comes on an offensive rebound, super. If something comes up on a lob, if there's uh, a a play there, uh, that's great. But I don't think they're going to draw up a lot of plays for him to do things, and I don't think they want him freelancing a whole lot in the offense, obviously. Uh, There are going to be a lot more guys who need opportunities to score. Uh, They're going to be much better and more experienced players than him who need to uh, be doing things with the ball when he's on the court. And so he is going to have to learn those things, and that is a learning process. He is... Uh, a guy who just, as we've talked about a million times, both here and in the paper and everywhere you talk about Shaq Diallo, he just didn't play much at Kansas. And I think in Las Vegas, he was thrilled to have this opportunity just to play minutes and to know he was going to play minutes. I think that gave him a lot of confidence just to know he was going to be out there for long stretches. He could play through some mistakes. Uh, I think it just gave him a, a whole new level of confidence in his game. He's going to have to rein some of that in in the regular season. You want him to be confident. You want him to be uh, feeling like he can try some new things, but not too many new things. That's what Summer League is for. That's maybe what training camp and preseason will be for. But I think ultimately he's going to settle into a role that is kind of a garbage man. You know, when he gets minutes, he's going to have to do those little things, uh, and that's how he's going to get points. Um, I don't think the offense is going to run much through him, and that's a, that's a process he's going to have to learn. The other thing for Sheck is – 
you know, I talked to a lot of people, and this was my first summer league, and so it was really valuable for me to to talk to people uh, from teams or media people, just various people who have been to summer leagues a lot. And one of the things they said almost universally was, Shaq Diallo is a guy who's going to play well at summer league because energy big guys do well here. This is a place where if you just bring a lot of energy, uh, you're running up and down the court, you're going to pre- present some opportunities, create some opportunities for yourself, and those things are going to be reflected in your numbers sometimes, your points, certainly your rebounds. Just the fact that you, you play with a ton of energy, uh, it gets you a long way in summer league. In the NBA, in the regular season, that's going to be a little different. More guys his size, um, more guys who are a lot bigger, a lot stronger, more guys who can run up and down the floor with him. He's still going to have that as a skill. It's still going to be something that he's going to do against bigger guys. He's going to sprint down the floor, and it's going to be a huge advantage for the Pelicans in whatever minutes he gets. But... Not all those guys are as slow-footed as some of the big guys he's played against in the summer league. So that's going to be a different experience. All of these things are an adjustment. And defensively, obviously, he has a really quick jump. He gets off the floor really fast. He closes gaps really quickly. Those are things that are going to serve him well. But as he gets into the regular season, offenses are going to be more complex. Players are going to be a lot better. Players are going to compensate for his ability to do that better than the guys who are doing that in summer league. So he's got a lot of adjusting to do. I think... you certainly should be encouraged by what he's done through the first three games and what particularly he did in those first two games. But his regular season role will be so dramatically different um, that it is hard to take too much out of this except to say he's got a high ceiling, he's got uh, some things that he can do. And and I think I was writing him off as a contributor, as a rookie. And maybe after Summer League, I don't want to change my opinion too much based on some Summer League performances. But he does some things that I think can help the Pelicans. The other thing... And it's the other thing we talk about all the time. As much as we talk about how little he played at Kansas, the thing we talk about is his energy, his enthusiasm, the way he can impact practices. uh, And the the Pelicans set out to do a lot of that stuff this offseason to get people who were better at that and to improve at that. And they, I think they certainly have done it. uh, And he is going to be a part of that. Even as a rookie, I think he has a chance to do some of those things. Again, that's a much smaller role than what he's doing in Las Vegas, where he's really kind of a featured player behind Buddy Heald. He's the guy they want to get involved and do some things with. So that's going to be very, very different once he gets into the season. And we'll see. It's going to be, he's a really interesting guy because we know that Buddy Heald is going to be thrown into minutes. I think it's, it's, I don't want to say it's probable, but it's, it's really close to probable that Buddy Heald starts. It's probably a better than 50, 50 shot. If I was making a starting lineup right now, I think Buddy Heald would be in it. And there's a lot of different things they can do with lineups. Um, but I would expect that he's going to start on day one. I would think he's going to be there. Uh, if everybody's healthy, I think he'll, he'll be in the starting lineup. That's not going to be the case with Sheck Diallo. And we really don't know what role he's going to play in terms of his minutes um, and in terms of his contribution. And so that's going to be really interesting to watch. But Buddy Heald is interesting to watch, too, because he is going to play such a significant role. And yet, that role is going to be very different than the part he was playing for this team in Las Vegas. Before we transition into talking a little bit more about Buddy Heald, do want to remind you that every day you should check out theadvocate.com. Uh, the new website launched on Tuesday. It's not dramatically different, but you'll find it a little bit easier to navigate, and I think you'll find that it's a little bit better on your mobile devices, your phones, and your tablets. Uh, check it out every morning, uh, every day, all day, theadvocate.com for Pelicans coverage. Not just the stuff that I did from Summer League, as I mentioned, the stuff that we're talking about on this podcast is something that I wrote about for Wednesday's paper, but also uh, all my coverage of everything else that's going on in the offseason and coverage from Scott Kushner and our award-winning columnist, Rod Walker. So make sure you check out all that stuff at theadvocate.com. And now let's talk about Buddy Heald. So... 
But he got a little bit better, I think, every game in Las Vegas. He had uh, 13 points, then 21, then 23 uh, in his first three games. And we're talking strictly about the the pre-tournament portion of the event. So uh, in those first three games, um, went from 5 of 20 shooting to 7 of 20 to 10 of 23. Um, Not quite as good in the the third game from three-point range as he was in the second. He was 5 of 14 in the second game and 3 of 12 in the third and uh, 1 for 8 in the first game. And in each of these two most recent games, he had the fourth quarter in the uh, second game and the third quarter in the third game where he really got in a groove, he really got going, and after really sluggish starts, he ended up kind of salvaging his statistics. So um, he was a little bit better, I think, and as I said on the previous podcast, and I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time dwelling on this, uh, it's much too early to to make any kind of verdict about what kind of player um, Buddy Heald is. If you look around Summer League, there were a lot of very talented rookies struggling to find their shot, struggling in all kinds of areas. And so um, it's just too early to make any kind of big, bold proclamations about what kind of player any of these guys will be. But what I think you can do from Summer League is talk about what's going to change for these guys in their roles as they go forward, just as we did with Sheck Diallo, now with Buddy Heald. And his role will change a lot, even though he is still going to play a lot. Whereas with Sheck, we don't know exactly what his his playing time situation will be. It's a pretty safe bet that Buddy Heald is going to play a lot. He's going to play through some mistakes. He's going to have some bad games. He's going to have some great games. Um, but his role in the offense is going to be very different uh, in the season, obviously, than it was in Summer League, where he's really a featured player. I mean, you know, 20, 20, and 23 field goal attempts in three games, you know, for a guy to get up that that many shots in that span of time tells you uh, they're trying to do things for Buddy Heald. They're running plays. They're trying to do different things and try different things with him in the offense. It won't be quite that way uh, in the regular season, primarily because Anthony Davis is going to be there. And Anthony Davis is your featured player, and that's the way it's going to be. Buddy Heald's job is to make things a little easier on Anthony Davis to take advantage of the looks he gets as a result of Davis and Drew Holiday and those other guys. And so I think one of the things you're going to see is that he's going to be much more of a guy who's using screens um, and scoring that way, who's going to be coming off screens to shoot jumpers. I think ultimately they want Buddy Heald to create some offense for himself. Uh, And he did that at times and struggled at times with the dribble uh, in those first three games in Las Vegas. But he's going to do a little less of that as the season goes on because, I mean, he may do a little more of it late in the season. As the season begins, I should say, he's going to do a little bit less of that. His role is just going to be different because he won't be the centerpiece. Not only will he not be the focal point of the offense, but he won't be the focus of the defense. There's just not going to be uh, the swarm of defenders around him that you saw at times in summer league where he's the number six pick. He's a guy with a reputation as a shooter and everybody's kind of flocking to him. Uh, Anthony Davis takes a lot of the pressure off. And so one of the things that he's going have to learn is that it's not just about finding his rhythm and getting his shot and Robert Pack talked about that that he's going to have to figure out when is the time to get those shots up and when is the time to just move the ball and get everybody else involved sometimes as a shooter you know he hasn't really gotten that rhythm and he's he's trying to find it he hits a couple then he gets it now this time it's not now you move it off and you get it back in a different at at a different time he has to start to be able to differentiate between the times he can go and then you have to move it and get it back so I think he's getting it he's gotten better every game um, and he'll keep he'll continue to get better and I asked Robert Pack about Buddy playing with guys like Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday and that full roster and how that's going to be different for him and Aside from the fact, obviously, that the role will change, uh, 
the situation will change as well. He'll be in more space. There will be more guys who can do more things. So he is going to have to look for a shot a little less. He is going to have to try to involve everybody else a little more. But he's also going to find, I think, that things will be a little easier for him at times than they have been in Summer League because of the amount of space that that the better players are going to create for him. It's all part of a learning process. And even though things are going to be very different for Buddy uh, in the fall than they've been in the summer – I think this has been a good experience for him, and Robert Pack talked about what an experience it was for him in terms of learning what defenses will do with him, what he can and can't do based on how he's being guarded. All those things are important for him to learn right now. This summer will give him a feel of how he needs to play in, the, in a test of how people are going to play and how he's got to be patient with his setups. You know, we have guys that will be set screen for him. We have more, more guys on the floor that, that can do things, so we won't be able to key just on him. But this will give him a good test of things he needs to work on to, before he gets to camp to, to be able to have a productive first year. And I think that's the most important thing, right, this idea that what Buddy Heald learns and what Sheck Diallo learns this week is really all about getting ready for camp and being ready to compete then for playing time and for a role on this team. Uh, I had somebody tweet at me the other night after Buddy Heald's third summer league game and said he's not ready for prime time. Well, he's not, and he's not supposed to be at this point. Um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses for Buddy Heald not shooting the ball well. Uh, And I'm not trying to say he's going to be a superstar or the rookie of the year or the best player in this draft or anything of that nature. What I'm saying is that this time is for him to learn and it is for him to get better and figure out what he needs to do between now and the end of September. And that's really what this is all about. That's really the important part of the, the summer league experience. It's not about the Pelicans winning games. It's not about trying to win this tournament. Wins are great, but they don't mean anything in the summer. What this is all about is what do these guys need to do? What is the blueprint they need to build uh, between now and the end of September so that by the time preseason rolls around, they have a, a good feel for what they need to be ready to do. Um, that's that's all this is, and, and that's where these guys are supposed to be right now. They're supposed to be works in progress, and so we'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting to see as these guys progress. We obviously won't really see it during the summer, so we're going to see what the result of that is in the fall when they get in here and they start practice and they start to play in exhibition games. We'll see uh, what happened with the lessons they learned here, how those lessons paid off or didn't pay off, and that's going to be what's really interesting to watch. Summer League is really just a teaser for all that stuff. So that said, we're essentially moving on from Summer League at this point. There's still going to be some discussion about it because even though I'm not there, the games continue on and the Pelicans will continue to play, and so there will still be, you know, Buddy Heald stats to talk about, and we're going to do that here. But I do want to transition some into this team, and we're going to talk about that some as the as the rest of the week goes on. As I've promised, we are going to talk about Tyreek Evans. We're going to devote pretty much a whole podcast to that, and I, I may have a guest, and it really is going to depend whether that's the Thursday or the Friday podcast. It's going to just depend on what I do guest-wise and, and how that lines up. So uh, it's going to be one of those two days. And the other day, barring any news, we're just going to kind of go through the roster and talk about some guys and talk about some roles and uh, – uh, you know, just just where and how the pieces fit. Um, and so that's really going to be what the rest of the week is about. And we're going to do a lot more of that stuff uh, over the course of the summer. We're going to devote podcasts to individual players and things of that nature. So there's a whole lot still to talk about, even though um, Summer League for me is over and Summer League in itself is almost over. It won't go on a lot longer, just uh, a little less than a week. Uh, there's still tons of stuff to talk about with this team, and we are going to talk about all kinds of it. And I'm going to be here doing that, and I hope you will be too.